Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to another edition of the Wrestle Talk podcast. What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> I'm sitting in this seat. I, All right, go for it. I was it. gearing up to. You even saw me. I had my mouth open. I was drawing in breath. And I, I usually put my right hands in. up by my head to do the hello, the hello throw. He just jumped in there. All right, go for it. I'm Ollie Davis. Hello. And welcome. I, I'm doing it wrong now. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Tempest. Your jam that champion, Tempest. Should I go JTJ rather than DAD? I think so. I think mm. you should. Yes. Wonderful. So you're. This is the first show in person we've ever done together because Luke, right now, well, not right now. He's already seen it. Has just watched Thor four. Mm. Thor four. Thor 4. Thor 4. Thor 4. I don't know if I would rather watch that than this Dynamite. They might be on fairly... Whoa! They're they're close. I'm interested to see Thor, but this was a fun episode of Dynamite, so... You're comparing a tentpole OG lineup standalone Marvel movie Mm -hmm. to... And I enjoyed it, but let's be honest here. A normal episode of Dynamite. Mm-hmm. This is a good episode of Dynamite. I like this show. More than Taika Waititi's second turn at Thor? I've heard mixed things. Yeah, I have too. If I had heard this get like the same response that Ragnarok got right when it came out, then yeah, Thor would take precedent over this. But if Luke wants to go and watch a movie, I'll, I'll, I'll step up. I'm going to give you some films, mm. and you have got to tell me. Well, don't even tell me. Just go like an expression, whether it outranks 
this week. Mm. Specifically this week's episode of Dynamite. Okay. Black Widow. Does not outrank. Mm-hmm. That's a, that was a bad film. Okay. That was not he, a good film. Just just testing the range. Mm. Avengers Endgame. Definitely outranks this film. Yeah. Or this, <laughs> out, outranks this, definitely outranks this episode of Dynamite. Um, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. The movie or the show? The movie. It's open to interpretation. The movie does not come close. The movie is barely a movie. I, I don't even want to categorize that as a movie. But the show... Yeah, the show would probably outrank this episode. In fact, it certainly would. That's one of the best shows of all time. Season four episode of Star Trek Next Generation mm. entitled Data's Day. I think I may have seen that episode. I think, I think most people probably have. I think I've seen that episode. I think. Is that the episode where they have the debate over whether Data is oh, a human? Oh, the measure of a man. The measure no, of a man. No, 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 okay. That's, uh, that's, that's different. Data's Day, it's kind of like a mystery. It opens with that, like, something's gone wrong, and he's yeah. trying to understand what it is, but nobody else knows what it is. And it's kind of like a diary of his mm -hmm. day, and he helps a load of people. It's yeah. beautiful. So, sounds almost like a game of Blood on the Clock Tower or something. <laughs> One person finds out information and has to figure it out. One guy who can't understand human emotion trying to, <laughs> trying to do social reads. Yes, every episode of Blood on the Clock Tower. It sounds like WWE. Vince McMahon trying to write the show. So how are you finding the UK? Good. You've come at, you've come at a really good time in the series mm. because like a lot, we've been building a lot of storylines yeah. over the past couple of years. Uh, there's this massive heel mm. who started off to some people as a bit of a hero, but he has had this like extraordinary heel, to, like full, full on heel, totally delusional bad guy. And now like he's... He's he cut a promo this morning. I heard about this, and he said, uh, "I, you know, I am stepping down in this um, the most amazing way because I'm pretty sure it's building a rematch." Oh God! <laughs> well, long term storytelling in it. I mean, yeah, I really did pick a hell of a time to come over. That being said. We also just, I say we, the general we, the Ontario people elected the biggest Tory possible to a majority government. And I was about ready to leave at that point because he got elected the first time the day I graduated university <coughs> and ruined my day. Oh. You know, my big day. Thanks a lot, Doug Ford. And I did not think he was going to get another one. And so I moved right out of that into whatever's going on here. So I was like, yeah, it's about right. Well, I think the beauty of this, because I try not to be political, is that it transcends sides. And this is just, this is just epic. This is madness. People resigning. So in, in his sort of uh, parting speech, the, in, the exit promo. Yes. He didn't acknowledge any wrongdoing. And he kind of buried the people who forced him out. Mm -hmm. And it's just like from, a, just, just to look at this through a wrestling lens. Oh, yeah. You're building a rematch. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the ratings are great. I So earlier this week, two very top people resigned. Yeah. Like sort of the number two and number three people in the whole government yeah. resigned. I, we were playing a board game at the pub, and I think Editor Terry, just in the middle of it, was like, oh, I think... I think Boris is done. Like his <laughs> two of his his cabinet members have, have stepped down, and everyone's like, "Oh well, yeah, it, it would probably take a lot to, to to do that." And then they all pull out their phones, like, 
Oh no, this yeah, is yeah. happening. Like this is big. So my first thought after the shock was, oh, it'd have been so cool if they opened their suits and it was like the, the a new faction uh. debuting. Either I, I think jumping across to the mm -hmm. other faction that's hot shot booking. Little unbelievable. But it, it's essentially there's an invading faction inside uh, your governmental party. Mm-hmm. I can really start to see why some people view everything as pro wrestling because it's very easy when you have wacky characters. Mm. And this government has some wacky characters I've found. Maybe maybe not for much longer. Maybe not. The, the guy, I, I think it's going to be very boring after uh, this. And I'm here for is, it. I'm here probably, for some yeah. boring people in charge of places. Uh, but yes, I, I, Luke usually does this. The, 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 the AEW review is now. Enjoy our AEW review. There were loads of different things to talk about from this episode. Obviously Wardlow's TNT title win. We had the breakup of the Ass Boys and the Acclaimed. So Sis a, a denied scissor me daddy request has no right to be that heartbreaking. It was very sad. I was told to be <laughs> quiet in the office when I watched <laughs> that episode. Genuinely, genuinely sad. Bowens's face, and, and what really got it over for me, Billy Gunn's sort of conflicted expression. It's like, yeah. no, he, won't, he he's making a hard choice. Um, but there was also this line from Christian Cage, which I've got to be honest, I loved. But then when I think about it, I'm like, but if, if another company did this, I would be very upset with them. So let's, let's dive into how... how let's dive into yeah. how biased we are exactly. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll recap what happened. So Christian Cage and Luchasaurus came down to the ring. Christian's got his turtleneck on because, I mean, I don't know why, he gets enough heat from the crowd, surely. Surely. And he was teasing that he's going to explain why Luchasaurus sided with him. Which, genuine mystery. Mm -hmm. Have you got any ideas? Not really. I'm not sure why he's Lucha Oscuro now. <laughs> you just... I, I, I don't know. I'm very curious to hear this explanation myself. In all of AEW, I think that's the biggest mystery. Mm -hmm. And I like how they teased it but they didn't pay off on it here because mm -hmm. Matt Hardy then interrupts, weirdly starts saying, you know, Jungle Boy was my friend too. Don't believe that. Did, well, didn't they, didn't WWE use Matt Hardy in this role a few times? Like Baron Corbin would maybe beat up Kurt Angle mm. and Matt Hardy would come out saying, I once talked to Kurt Angle. <laughs> I think you're being out of order. I know uh, he, well, he ran to, to Edge's defense, which was really weird was against that, Randy that Orton. That was it, yeah. And then he got killed by Randy Orton and never seen again. Because like two weeks after he left the company, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, AW using him in a similar role here. And Christian said, are you telling me that you're better friends than Jungle Boy, the me who's been his mentor for nine months, or Luchasaurus, the guy who's been his tag partner forever? You know what? Maybe Jeff, maybe your brother was the sober one. Ooh. Ooh. Of course, because Jeff Hardy, if you were not 
following wrestling a couple of weeks ago or the Vince McMahon stuff and Sasha Banks stuff has crammed your mind full of news, Jeff Hardy, just a couple of weeks ago, was arrested for um, drink driving, driving under the influence. And it was awful. And he's in rehab right now. So a very, very raw line. Yes. Did you pop? Uh, I, 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 pop, I don't pop. know. Yeah, I don't know if I, I popped necessarily or if I went, ooh, that's spicy. And I, that just kind of like they're doing a thing that's going to cause people on Twitter <laughs> to start saying that company and that company there. I've that not seen that much of a reaction. How often do you go on Twitter? That's morning? a good point. Yeah. But on Reddit and on a few reviews that I always read, everyone was like, oh, rough line. Yeah. Got a load of heat, though. Great. Mm -hmm. Whereas I was like, oh, rough line. Oh, and I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. And my, my reaction was, uh, I'm trying to put myself in the place and time again. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did they say that? But then I started to go, Was that irresponsible, mm. seeing that the guy is in rehab right now? To me, it would be it would be one thing if Jeff Hardy had simply relapsed and had to go back to rehab. It's the I fact, mean, he, but he did relapse. Yes, it's the fact. No, no, no. Yeah, uh, it's the fact that he did that and also drove drunk. Where I was like. That's not an issue that I really want to see be played out on screen at all. And they're not going with the drunk driving aspect of it. But, like, if you're only being self-destructive to you and your family, you can ask your permission. Can I use your demons in this wrestling promo? When you're putting other people at risk, then I'm like, nah, it's not fun television anymore. And that's where the line is for me personally. That being said, I think the way that they did this angle and this promo was pretty well done. That I'm walking a line here where it's like, I do think that this particular instance is a little bit of a gray area that I wouldn't want to mess with. But, and this is where, again, a lot of that WWE, AEW comparison thing, because this is a situation where we have something fairly similar to compare this to. We have a Jeff Hardy drunk driving angle just a couple years ago that people did not like. Mm -hmm. Now, that one had him being framed for DUI and a hit and run of Elias. You could argue, if anything, it, it, it portrayed him as a good guy. He was framed. Yeah, he was framed. That That is one thing, whereas this was a promo cut by a heel saying, Fair, not just, eh, junkie, he's a junkie. That's the content of the promo like it was in the other company. Here it was, no, he's actually saying, like, like things that you could think Christian Cage as a heel would think. All of it felt a little bit more real, and AEW has used reality in their storylines like that before. And if this is just going to be like the adult wrestling company, I don't know. I, I think it, it's a very gray area and I'm not going to be upset at either side for saying they liked it or didn't like it. I watched it and thought good heel promo, but also, nah. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that's 
that's fair to feel both things. Yeah. It's a bit cognitive dissonance that you can both really enjoy something but also feel a bit icky about having enjoyed one particular part. Uh, and, and the crux of the promo was Christian very much making this about Matt's personality flaws. Mm -hmm. That Matt is the one who's always trying to put him into stuff. Like here, you know, Matt Hardy comes out. Why? Yeah. Christian says, because you're trying to get in to my spotlight. You can't handle not being talked about. And then he brought up some more Jeff stuff, like riding his coattails and things like that. Where it, come, where it sort of makes me feel uh, that this is irresponsible is I'm all about the consent. You know, that's why I love wrestling as opposed to MMA. Mm. Because they're, you know, they're really hurting each other in wrestling, but it's consensual. Mm -hmm. Those chops, the chop battles. And when Christian has made comments about Jungle Boy's father or his mother and family, I, I can assume pretty heavily that he has gotten total sign-off from everyone involved. Yeah, I mean, Jungle Boy's dad was a massive wrestling fan. Now, obviously, you can't get his permission yeah. to do this. But the same way that, like, uh, Paul Bear's kids were like, he would be fine with this, mm -hmm. you know? I don't doubt that Jungle Boy gave this a sign-off if this went ahead. I would think so. Um, but then I'm like, okay, well, you know, Christian obviously asked Matt if he could say this. Mm -hmm. But then I don't think Matt's the one you should be asking for consent here to say the line. I think it's Jeff you should be asking because mm -hmm. he's the guy in rehab right now, lest we forget. And if, even if I if I try and play out that conversation with Jeff, and even if Jeff says, yeah, that's fine, I'm like, well, are you in the best place of mind right now, being in rehab, to to fully make me okay saying this? And I I I, I wouldn't, in good conscience, be able to say yes. Great line, mm. but I can't see how this was a responsible thing to do. Mm -hmm. And that's totally fair. And there's been many irresponsible things happen on wrestling shows. And if this is a more mild one, that's not to say it was totally 100% okay or not. I don't really know where exactly I fall on this issue. I feel mm. like it's not just here's the right answer, here's the wrong answer. It is just sort of a muddled gray area, yeah. and I'm somewhere in the middle of it. Usually we would ask uh, Mod Mother to put up a poll now. And mm -hmm. I guess we could have, rather than yes or no, we could have gone, s s disagree, strongly agree, yeah. a little bit agree, and do yeah. a range. But she's off this week, so we can't do a poll. Uh, the What was John Moxley's when he was in rehab? Was that ever worked into a promo while he was off? Um... I don't know if it Can't was remember. until he got back. I know people have said mm. things about it since he got back, but I don't think, and well, also worth pointing out that he was sort of like the lone wolf character at the time, so there wasn't like his tag partner to then say that to. Sure. It, you'd be cutting a promo against nothing. So different situations, but I don't remember it happening while he was gone. Uh, just to close out this segment, uh, Luchasaurus then, well, Christian and Luchasaurus beat up Matt Hardy, put him through a table. Great way to continue the sort of storyline and regardless of whether it was the right thing to say or not, got mega heat. Mm -hmm. Christian, again, he's like, 
Has he been at a thumbnail every week? Might be. Love Christian. I can't remember what, yeah, best heel in the, in the business right now, for better yep. or worse. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's see what everybody thinks on the Omega Chance. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one. Over five US dollars. Charles Berg. I'm fairly confident that Christian got the green light to say what he said. Frankly, I'm not the least bit offended. Excellent promo. Am I the only one who shouted, Daddy, no! When Billy Gunn turned on his adopted kids. A truly heartbreaking moment. I did scream no. I didn't scream daddy, no. (laughs) But I did scream no, I'll be honest. I feel like that moment got more heat than the Jeff Hardy line. Probably. I mean... And that's beautiful. That something yeah. as, as ridiculous as Scissor Me Daddy can get that much emotion. The people like what they like. And for some reason, they really like to scissor each other. <laughs> uh, Tem Ruzza. 
Christian has been so good and he was great on this show as well. His main problem was with Matt and anything he said was directed towards Matt with a line walking reference to Jeff, but he's been so good. Sorry about Boris, sorry. Oh, Ollie, your party is a bit bad. <laughs> I'm still with you, BJ. Uh, the... So, yeah, it's a similar theme, isn't it? Where it was so good, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, probably probably wasn't the right thing to say, but it was so good. Right. When as many people have had problems with WWE doing it if the angle wasn't awful, mm. you know? Like, if, if they didn't have Jeff Hardy throwing a glass of piss in Sheamus's face and having him be framed for a DUI hit and run on Elias. Like, if it was an actual story... I think people would have a different opinion of it, but... I think trust's a big part of it as well. Yeah. We tend to see AEW pay off on things, mm -hmm. treat these gambles very well in the long run. Like, it's not like it's... It might end up being a bigger thing down the line. Mm -hmm. uh, but with WWE, that trust just isn't there yeah. to see them treat this well. Yeah, I don't give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Jacob Smith, guys, it's okay. I figured it out. Tony just com Tony's just confused. He keeps booking three-way tag title matches, thinking they are <laughs> trios titles matches. Silly Tony. Let's sit him down, explain the differences. I'll get my trios division, and FTR will get their shot. I think both of those things will happen at some point or another. Uh, and finally, for now, William Rosmer, Daddy ass, and then no. How could you? This is a bigger heel turn than Hogan at Bash at the Beach 96. Undoubtedly. <laughs> Who did Hulk Hogan ever be? So the show kicked off this episode with Wardlow winning the TNT title from Scorpio Sky. Thank God. <laughs> I I don't know why I thought that Wardlow was going to lose this match mm -hmm. or if it was just because, well, he's now involved with the TNT title and they've done everything backwards with that title this year. So maybe they should turn him heel, then turn him face again, then turn him heel, have him win the belt and then drop the belt, win it back again. Nailed it. I think that's the perfect plan. I thought this match was really fun. I thought that it didn't really need to be a street fight. I don't know why it was a street fight. Just sort of to have the other dudes run in and each take a clothesline without being like, well, this needs to be a disqualification. But there wasn't like a lot of street fight isms in mm. this match. But that's fine. I still thought it was like fun. And Wardlow beating Scorpio Sky, I think, is the most right answer they've had in a long time with this belt. I like Scorpio Sky as a wrestler, I do not want to see him challenge for this title ever again. Yeah. Uh, you wanted more denim. Way more denim. Because the, was there any denim? I think Dan Lambert was in jeans, but that's yeah. part of the course. I need the Canadian tuxedo yeah. going on. Denim on denim. Denim, denim, denim. Damn it, I was going to say that. <laughs> denim, denim, denim. What kind of overalls does Mario wear? <laughs> denim, denim, denim. Uh, the... But yeah, this was really, really fun. I think it was a street fight because Scorpio Sky is reportedly injured. Mm. It's just a way to Smoke work around it. that. Yeah. I thought, yeah, the, the way that they incorporated America Top Team was really fun. Uh, it was just 
mostly to give Wardlow more guys to beat off mm. Giggity. But the there was a the title shot. So Scorpio Sky came in, TNT title, on Wardlow's head. I think the referee's back was turned. Yeah, maybe. It's legal. Yeah. But anyway, that was a really good kick out. Uh, I saw it coming, but it was really effective anyway. Wardlow's swan tom bomb. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I don't know how a man that big is so graceful. It's genuinely <laughs> awe-inspiring. There he, aren't many people that big moving that well in wrestling. I've not noticed this before. I don't think it's ever fully happened. His slicked back hair fully got floppy by the end. Mm -hmm. That's long. Yeah. It's so long. He had it like a man bun and he, he like took his hair elastic out and it was out and wild. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Powerbomb Symphony at the end. New TNT champion. No, like the heels walked off. They didn't carry anything on. Loads of confetti was played up big. Really great way to start the show. I thought so. I've, I Genuinely, Wardlow is one of AEW's biggest success stories, and you can follow that entire story <laughs> over on Parts of Unknown, how AEW made Wardlow a perfect monster babyface. Check that out. I really am excited to see what he can do as like a guy who is going to be wrestling probably not squash matches, mm. because this to me is the test. You can be a monster and beat the younger guys and beat the smaller guys and all that sort of thing because you still don't really want to see Wardlow sell. You don't want to see him in the position to be vulnerable too often. So how are you going to do this This long, hopefully long run as a TV champion? You better have some good matches. And Wardlow has improved so much that I'm not, I don't have doubt that he will. Heel and face turns, interim champions. That's the way to do it. See, the heel and... F you can't do two turns. I think if you want to, like, a, the key to a really good long reign is to beat everybody as a baby face and then turn heel and then mm. beat everybody as a heel and then you lose it. Because that's yeah. how you get through the entire roster. Otherwise, you've only got half the field to work with. Uh, so where would you take him from here because I'm I'm really excited. I feel like the TNT title has just been in a holding period all mm -hmm. year. I feel like Wardlow has been on, on a treadmill since Double or Nothing for mm -hmm. a month. So hopefully this is one of those moments when two things that aren't working in AEW come together and now they work beautifully. But I do look at it and I'm like, ooh, how do you book Wardlow as a champion? Because that is technically mm -hmm. a very difficult thing to do when it's such a monster baby face who's had the underdog story against mjf and now he's the guy on top mm -hmm. so what who would you have him face first like what would his first credible storyline be well that's the thing you look at the best tnt title reigns and i don't think they need like an overarching story for them <clears throat> i think if you just have them go out and have good matches routinely that kind of sets the foundation for a very good reign and then you no know, you can kind of decide which way you want to go like i don't know what the mjf situation's ever going to be hmm. that is always going to be like a a fantasy booking scenario anyway because he's someone that they have history with but i don't know maybe you start off small maybe you take out a couple guys like tony niece and guys like that guys who will have like really good matches with him and just be thrown around and that sort of thing but 
I don't know. This is a sort of this is a deal where you kind of have to start from scratch. Hmm. They don't have a whole lot of lore to pull from with Wardlow, you know, the same yeah, way that yeah. they do with the other characters on this show that were with other promotions. He's kind of just an AEW guy, so this is your chance to tell whatever story you want. I think, for me, like, you know, first week, just have a, a match against Penta. Easy. Mm, like, yeah. And he can beat him, that's fine. Uh, then maybe... I don't know, someone else, maybe Buddy Matthews next, the week after. And then that's when you get into the JAS storyline. Mm. Because Sammy Guevara Ooh, versus fine. Wardlow, I think, is quite a nice first feud. Sammy can challenge again for the belt now that Scorpio's not champion. I'm not saying put it on him. No, I don't even know that I want him near it at this point. He's kind of Ward- tainted the whole thing like Scorpio has to I me. know what you mean, but I think Wardlow... I do love Wardlow, but I think for him to work properly, he needs a really hated heel to go against him. I don't disagree. And also, you know, maybe Chris Jericho could feud with him at some point. Really elevate that TNT mm-hmm. title. And then you build him for an MJF comeback. I yeah. think that's that should be the end point. He did also mention that he is waiting for CM Punk to come back to, mm-hmm. to fight for that actual AEW World Championship. So a TNT champion versus AEW champion match is kind of foreshadowed. Mm-hmm. I wonder, like, it all depends on the timeline for CM Punk, mm. but would an AEW champion versus TNT champion be like, that's the Arthur Ashe main event? Could be. Something could be. like that. Dep- mm. Again, depending on how long it takes for him to come back, you know? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things you could do. I'm not sold on Sammy Guevara because I just think that you need to still rehab this title. Mm. And I think putting it on Wardlow is a really good start, but you need several steps to that. And linking it to the thing that people really didn't like just a couple months ago, I think would not be near the top of my That's list fair. of things to do. That's fair. Uh, after that, we got a John Moxley promo on Brody King backstage, just busting out incredible promos yep. like they're nothing. Uh, Mark Sterling and Tony Nese had a sort of night-long fun storyline where they're trying to get a petition signed. I think they needed 15 names Mm -hmm. to get Swerve Strickland booted out of the company because he eliminated Nese on the Battle Royal? Yeah, why not? (laughs) I think they're going off the fact that because he's a snake and they've got a problem with him, Mm -hmm. they can convince everyone else to kick him out. And, I mean, that, that's fair. That's the, the consequences of Swerve's actions. Well, they went up to Keith Lee, and they were like, hey, he, he turned on you. And Keith's like, hey, we've got our problems, but at least we're winning. Which is a really nice line, considering what happened later. Well, did you catch that he said, at least we're winning, and walked off and said, unlike you. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> was like, that was so good. I love Keith Lee. Because that really well set up. Um, quite a bad match. Oh. It wasn't the the cleanest match that I've ever seen. Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, so Swerve and I Glory, versus Butcher and the Blade. Oh, that is a mouth-watering prospect. Give me Keith Lee and the Butcher. I don't care if it's sloppy. All I want is Swerve and the Blade to work most of the match, for Bunny to keep interfering, for Butcher to cut off the ring and beat down Swerve. Swerve gets that hot tag, and then Keith Lee... Goes up against my boy Butcher. But they didn't do that. They just had a little stare down and and Keith Lee pushed him. Yeah. It's one of those deals where I don't feel like everything needs to be built to. 
Mm-hmm. I don't need to build to a return match against the Butcher and the Blade for Keith Lee and Swerve. Yeah. It would be nice to just like have the thing that people would, would pop biggest for, and this is the match to do it. So here you go. So a bit botchy early on, but it did get good near the end, particularly from a character perspective, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, Lee went to pounce Blade, I think, and he hit Swerve. And off the back of that, Swerve nearly got pinned, but Keith Lee did a great mere full save at the last moment. And then Lee helped Swerve hit their joint finisher on Blade, I think. And he did a little fist bump. That was my favorite part of the so match. So good. It was so good because Swerve like started falling off the top rope when they were going to do their power bomb foot stomp combo. Mm. He starts like slipping a little bit and Keith Lee just kind of grabs him, pulls him back up, just gives him a fist bump and they hit their move. I was like, what a team. Yeah. What friends. But Friendship not, in wrestling. But it's one way. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yep. Lee. Would Swerve have helped Lee? Or would Swerve just been, a, I'm going to win this by myself? Mm, I don't know. I thought it really effectively got over the difference in how they're treating this relationship. And yep. it was all through physicality. You know, non-verbal storytelling, which is what wrestling is at its highest. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I thought <laughs> even though this match was a bit ropey, I thought it ended great. So yeah. I was left with a, a nice feeling. And then an announcement. <laughs> an announcement because, again, we have the never-ending spe- uh, series of these two against Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. And they started jaw-jacking back and forth. And we had the Young Bucks come out and say, you guys had a really great four-and-a-half-star match at Double or Nothing. That's an off night for the Young Bucks. <laughs> I laughed so hard. I laughed so hard. And they announced that next week at Fighter Fest, it's going to be those three teams. Basically the same match from Double or Nothing, but sub in the Young Bucks for Jurassic Express. And I think this match should bang. The crowd were heavily chanting, FTR, FTR. And Nick grabbed the mic and said, oh, come on, you know we're better than them. Fantastic. So I've seen a lot of people be down on this mm. for, for a few reasons. Um, one of which is, well, the Young Bucks are heels. Why would they be booking themselves in a three-way match? And the other one is, well, why aren't you going to FTR? I see those as quite clearly heel moves on the Bucks part. Mm-hmm. They are doing a match that they think they can win mm-hmm. because they've seen Jurassic Express beat these two teams. Mm-hmm. Ricky Starks just went mad in his promo in an awesome way. The crowd yeah. almost gave him a stand innovation he was going on for so long. Like, these two teams are going to kill each other. Yeah. The Bucks can pick the, the sort of scraps. That, that's exactly how I looked at it, that these are the chicken S-word heels that will, oh, yeah, we'll do a three-way. We'll let the two teams that hate each other knock each other out, and then we'll steal it. And then we can knock these two teams out of the top five and not have to worry mm. about either of them. They are masquerading as fighting champions. Yes. In in that way. But also because they can they they are purposely ignoring FTR. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're taking all these matches. How mm-hmm. can you criticize us for this? Yep. Uh so I think it's actually in classic Young Buck style. Really smart character work. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think the line of thinking of, well, why aren't they going to FTR? It's like, well, You have to build to that. Mm. And also, they announced later on this show that we're going to be getting the the sequel to FTR versus the Briscoes. And even from a storyline perspective, if you've got the Ring of Honor pay-per-view before the next AEW pay-per-view, 
FTR probably wouldn't want to take two huge title matches right back to back with each other. They would probably want to prep for the Ring of Honor tag title match, especially considering their match with the Briscoes was like their <laughs> self-proclaimed best match ever. So they're not going to take that lightly. So I don't know if you, you kind of have to talk yourself into it mm -hmm. a little bit more, but I think it all makes an appropriate amount of sense. I think Bucks FTR, surely that's all out. I think right? that's yeah. an all out match. I've seen a lot of people saying it should be like two out of three falls, and I'd be like, that would be mm. really fun. That'd be really fun. Are they one apiece? Yeah. Yeah, so that, that fits really well. Yeah. Uh, before that match, we jumped over it. We had a recap of Blood and Guts uh, with a clip of that excellent Matt Menard Daddy Magic promo. Yeah, I was thinking about it earlier. Ever Rise was just in Blood and Guts. <laughs> it's I keep forgetting. You know, Ever a year Rise. ago, Everrise. <laughs> Everrise just randomly released from NXT. Oh, okay, they'll, they'll probably go have a good little indie run. No, Blood and Guts a year later. Good for you, my Canadian boys. Yeah, that's that's a success one for AEW. Yeah. And then you're like, why isn't Andrade doing more? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, you know. Um, There's an elbow sticking out of that picture. More people coming. Charlotte Flair. Oh, my God. Why didn't you say that yesterday? Uh, uh, you know, you're too smart for me. I hadn't thought of that theory. Claudio and Jake Hager are then standing face to face. Jake Hager had some good lines like, you've never been a champion where you've been. You, know, you haven't been Ring of Honor champion, not WWE champion. Hager can claim that he was a, a world heavyweight champion. He can do that. <laughs> so they're going to have a match next week. Uh, Claudio said he's going to go three and zero. Fully expect him to. Good, good. Next solid win. I feel like this gets this match out of the way for anyone who wants to see it. Yeah. You know, anyone who is like they got to do the real Americans, <laughs> you'll be satisfied, and they'll give uh, Claudio a big win, and and that'll be that. What's uh, Dutch Mantel doing these days? Uh, that's a good question. Actually, he's special doing guest referee podcast. Yeah. Imagine if Chris Jericho comes out, JAS, well, we've got the perfect special guest referee for this. Dirty Dutch Mantel. Zeb Coulter comes out. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, we had a Malachi Black promo building up Brody King for the Moxley main event. What do you think of Brody King being the Battle Royal winner? By the oh, way? I think it's a brilliant choice. Mm. It's the it's the kind of choice that I would never have come to on my own. I would probably have picked, like, five to ten other people be like oh that would be a good first challenger that would be a good first challenger and then i see brody king uh, brody king come out and i was like perfect choice and have it come down to him and and darby mm. excellent final two excellent finish and like a perfect opponent for for moxley as we saw later uh continuing the jas war games sorry blood and guts fallout eddie kingston then comes out and he i'm i love eddie kingston I'm quite open about that. And I was yeah. really excited to hear a full Eddie Kingston promo where he addresses the sort of Claudio stuff and how he's feeling. And mm -hmm. he did do that somewhat. A little bit. But he, he really only got about 45 seconds to talk. He celebrated last week's win, congratulated even you, Claudio. He said he's matured now and did a fart noise. Great. And then he challenged Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho appears on the Tron. Now, apparently this was all a pre-tape because mm -hmm. he's currently touring the UK mm -hmm. doing a, a sort of inside the ropes uh, spoken interview tour. And it's it's a white Hummer, I think, 
and sure. the JAS is all, all like posing on it, and Ruby Soho is going, "Oh no, I've been beaten up," and it's it's quite bad. Not because not because of Ruby's acting, but because she directing wise, she needs to put her own hand in the car door frame so Tay Conti can then go bam and do the full injury angle. That really needed someone else just holding her arm there because it made her look like a total idiot. Why couldn't there be someone in the car holding her there? Hmm. I will be honest, I thought this was one of the worst injury angles I've ever seen. Wow, that bad. I rewound and showed to like two different people in the office because she's sitting there and she sticks her hand in the car door. She's not in any danger. She's just kind of like sitting up against the side of the car, just being like, Ugh, ow, I've been, I've been hurt. And then she turns, sticks her hand in the car door so it can get slammed. Oh, and this safety. was a pre-tape. You could do another take. Oh my, I could not believe, I had to rewind it like four or five times. Cause again, we watch these on like 1.5 speed usually to get through them quicker so we can do these shows. I had to then go back, make sure this wasn't at a faster speed so I can make sure I saw this right. And it was a, it was next level bad. And I will handle next level bad if it's just, uh, the spot fell apart, blah, blah, blah. If it's a pre-tape, there's no reason for this at all. Do another take, Jesus. Uh, and then after that, Jericho essentially goes, let's split it, boys. And everyone did the lamest little <laughs> jog away. Uh, it, it, re it really made it look silly. And I'm like, okay, well, it is what it is. At least I get Eddie. Come on. Mm. Let me see Eddie going crazy. Let me have him storm into the back, like maybe beat up some randoms. And the, it just cuts to commercial. And it comes back. We never see Eddie again. And the commentators go, oof, bad injury angle. And I think this is pretty high-level criticism now. But we're three years into AEW. And they do some excellent stuff all the time. Mm. Injury angles, great matches, fantastic spots. But they're really bad at mythologizing their own content. WWE mm. are too far the other way. If that was WWE, recap after yeah. the break. Recap in the second hour. People constantly referring to it. Another interview. But at the same time, I I you have... never forget it. I never forget it. I, I Like the, the image of Cody's ripped peck yeah. is so embedded in my mind because they keep replaying the footage and AEW don't do that yeah. and I, th I think they really should start well it's always been the thing where apparently just video packages are huge ratings losers and when you can when you can fill your show with a promo or another minute of a match instead they've chosen to do that but i do kind of agree that more in more significance needs to be put on to moments like this even if it was a really bad angle you yeah. know you still need to get over the consequences of the angle and maybe they'll do that on rampage or next week or something but you kind of do need a little bit more of like it was like when tna would always do and to the back yeah to the back you know? well me and luke recently watched uh slammiversary 2005 and they are doing throughout the show the top five moments in TNA history. And, you know, that Eli Skipper run, yep. they made, like, that was an amazing moment, yep. but they really hammered that every week. Oh, my God, have you seen what TNA is about? Look at this. 
And that helped that spot become all time great. Mm. So yes, I uh, that it is a ratings loser, but so is building new guys. And mm. AEW are very fine with spending a lot of time on that side of things. So I, I don't know why they don't do that more. I agree, especially <clears throat> when you consider that the ones they do make are great. Yeah, you know, like so it, good at it. You can't put all of the Road to show on Dynamite, but. The production of them is very high. Mm. So more packages like that kind of sprinkled throughout a show, I think, would help. Uh, we got a Dark Order promo next because it was Brody Lee's hometown, Rochester, New York. A very sort of emotionally significant city for uh, AEW and particularly the Dark Order. They came down uh, with negative one and Evil Uno said, we're here to stay. Dark Order is forever and we're starting a new chapter. Negative One was about to announce what that new chapter is, but QT Marshall came down, ragged on Negative One, and then Hangman Page chased QT in the ring. That was a great moment. Mm. Everyone beat up QT, and Negative One said, well, I will pin you when I'm 18. I think Good. he's 10 now. I think he's 10, yeah. Eight yeah. years If away. QT Marshall is still wrestling on TV in eight years, I will not be able to handle it. Isn't that right, Luke Owen? That's too. <laughs> it's fine. Sorry, I just wanted to quickly check my, uh, my uh, Jam the Jack contract was... Oh, there. don't oh, touch sorry, that. Sorry, sorry, let me interrupt. Carry on. Pardon me a moment. Sweaty dad hands. So this was this was really sweet, really sweet moment. Um, I don't believe in Dark Order though. <laughs> They've just had two guys leave. Colt Cabana wasn't there with them. Um, whenever Anna J wrestles, it's in her old like I'm Zatanna gimmick. Right. So there's not much to the yeah. Dark Order these days. I was really hopeful after the uh, Battle Royal on Rampage where Hangman and, and John Silver had a lot of really good interplay there. I'm very interested in anything that they do with Hangman and the Dark Order. Mm. But we haven't gotten that all year, and we didn't, I mean, they, we didn't get it in this segment either, but he was associated with them. That's more than he has been. So if this is a direction that they'll go, I'm interested in the story that they're going to tell because obviously they've been teasing the Young Bucks and Hangman Page and that sort of thing in recent weeks as well. So there's there's stuff to do there. There is a meaty emotional story present. But yeah, this uh, this faction isn't quite the same as it was a year ago when, mm. when they were in Rochester the last time. Like... Yeah, it yeah. just feels like AEW kind of stopped with the Dark Order after, like, the Brian Danielson-Hangman feud, and that was really disappointing to me. Uh, Jim Ross came out for the second hour. I like this. I as well. Yeah. I think he really adds to the show when he's not there for the whole thing. Yeah. Because I thought Jim Ross was hilarious on this show. He had a lot of really solid, funny lines. <laughs> Just like when Roosh was facing Penta and Andrade puts Roosh's foot on the rope and Bryce goes over and it's just like, did you do that? He's like, what do you think he's going to say, ref? Did you put his foot on the rope? Yes, I did. Thank you. I was just like, Jim, you're not supposed to say that, but it's still really funny. 
I get I guess salty JR is quite fun when it's in a yeah a in lesser, doses. doses. I can't handle it for two full hours. I was like, all right, come on, promote your show. So that was Penta versus Roosh came up next, uh, sort of big historic blood feud, and uh, yeah, I, it was solid match. Good match. Uh, the finish was Roosh removing Penta's mask, which allowed him to get a roll up, and er. Uh, so hopefully we'll have a tag match between these two teams soon. Apparently, mm-hmm. one of either Andrade or Phoenix is suffering from an injury. But hopefully it'll be done, because who isn't these days? Mm-hmm. I thought it was a fun match. I'm glad to see that Roosh kind of got off on the right foot. Took him a little while to get going when he went to Ring of Honor, you know? So he is good. Mm. You know, he's, he's, he's so charismatic. Yeah. The way he moves, I, I love to watch him wrestle. Yeah. If you can just, through your body language, exude charisma like mm. that, it puts you so far ahead of so many other people in wrestling. Yeah. And he's one of the best at that. Uh, Jay Lethal cut another promo saying the exact same thing that they've been saying for a few weeks. (laughs) Ring of Honor. Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view. Gonna get your title, Samoa Joe. New champ. New champion. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Uh, Marble. We got some interaction with Mark Sterling and Tony Nese backstage. They were trying to get Orange Cassidy to sign that petition to ban Swerve. Uh, but Cassidy had his legal representation, Danhausen. Mm-hmm. And this turned into a match booked between Nice and Cassidy on Rampage, where if Cassidy loses, he has to sign the petition. All right. Well, he's just not going to lose then. Yeah, because right. Swerve will lose his job. That'll be, that'll be a decision. Yeah. Who would ever make that decision? In the real lead. The Acclaimed and the Ass Boys then took on Bear Country, Fuego Del Sol, and Leon Ruff. Mm-mm. Don't care about the match. Leon Ruffin. Leon Ruffin. Don't really care about the match. It's nothing. It's the it's the bookended bits. Acclaimed come out, and I... God damn. I love a Max Caster rap. Everyone loves a Max Caster rap. Listen, you know, just you hear that first bit and you're like, yes, I'm going to get offended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Offend me, daddy, daddy ass. And uh, one of the guns took the mic from him. I was genuinely pissed off. Yeah. And so were the crowd. Yeah, that's heat right that, there. Yeah, yeah. Genuine heat. Like old school, hey, you like this thing, the heel will take it away from you. Christian's line was, by definition, cheap heat. Mm. It was a low blow to do. This, that is like wrestling perfection. Yeah, simple stuff. Oh, and then, uh, of course, they they won the match, but the ass boys sort of blind tagged themselves mm-hmm. in, got the win. And afterwards, they're in a shoving match, and Billy Gunn is shouting at both of them. Of course, he sided with his adopted sons, the acclaimed last week. But here... He turned on Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. This was tragic. The real tragedy is this is a push for the gun club. No, surely this is to cement the acclaim. I hope so. faces. I hope so. I really hope that this is just the acclaimed launching point, but I saw Billy Gunn Two coffin drop Billy Billy Gun, 
beating on Max Caster and Anthony Bowens, and I was like, no, we've gotten to the exact wrong point that I wanted to get to at the start of this. It's going to be more ass boys than we were getting. Uh, not, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I love the acclaimed. Everybody yeah. loves the acclaimed. If the acclaimed get a huge babyface push out of this, this will all be worth it. If they end up being moved up in the ranks of the tag team division, I will consider this worth it. But if I get gun club segments every single week, I don't know how I'm going to feel. I think the acclaimed are probably one of the best currently uninjured teams that could go against the Bucks. Yeah. And I'd love that. Think of Ooh, the promos. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I've always seen this as a way to push the acclaimed. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it started when Bowens got injured, and it's no coincidence, I believe, that it finished as yeah. soon as he was able to wrestle again. <laughs> was this actually just supposed to be like a two week thing, and they were just going to do it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think this is definitely to cement. It's a great way to elevate the guns, which mm-hmm. I think they've done very, very competently. But also to turn the acclaimed baby face. Probably tweener, but you know, yeah. more on the face side. I loved all of this. I thought it was fantastic. It made me feel genuine emotion like nothing else on the show. And it's so surprising that it happened in an inherently ridiculous yeah. storyline. Uh but my, It was it was good pro wrestling. I just I loved them together so much. I just wanted it to go on longer. Mm-hmm. But I get what I get why. I get why. So, it is what it is. Uh, Miro cut a promo on Malachi Black. Can't wait for that match. Uh, then we got Nyla Rose, Marina Shafir taking on Thunderstorm, uh, Thunder Rosa, and Tony Storm. This was your women's fifteen-minute segment, but mm-hmm. good tag match. Yeah. Same problem that I've had with all of these segments, though. I felt like this match could have taken place at any point during this story. You know, like, all the segments that have happened with Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm, Nyla Rose, Marine Shafir, they could take place in any order. Like, this tag match wasn't really, like, the culmination of anything. It was just a tag match. The same way that, like, Tony Storm's singles match with Nyla Rose last week was just a singles match. And all the matches, they don't really feel Mm. like they kind of, like, they lead to each other. But none of the characters are different after that segment is over. You know what I mean? I think that's a really astute point. What you're essentially saying is there's no progression. Yeah, it's always on chapter one with Mm. the women. And I'm getting, not getting, I'm very frustrated (laughs) by it. Uh, I guess to play devil's advocate, they're a team now. That is something. Yeah. They're, they're, I I don't know why exactly. Maybe they're going to introduce women's tag titles. I, I hope not. I, I mean, it wouldn't be my first uh, first duty, but they've got this. They've got Serena and Mercedes are a team. They've got the baddies. Like, you're seeing a lot more pairings being made with the women's stars, and I would just rather them fix their women's championship first and yeah. then worry about more belts. Uh, because it's the women's 15 minutes, we got a Jay Cargill segment. Stokely Hathaway has introduced an interim baddie because we've got interim titles, and it's mm-hmm. Layla Gray from last week. Yeah. Jade seemed annoyed. Stokely yeah. is a fascinating character. He is so fun. Mm. He's nothing but fun, and it it's tough because I was watching him for like a year and a half, two years on NXT, and I was just like, I know how great you are. 
And if these people would just, and he's still great on NXT, but I was like, if you just let this man talk and just go, I know how good he can be in a, in a manager role. And this wasn't like a huge promo, but just like, I believed every word that this weird little man said. <laughs> It's like he's got some sort of plan, and I don't know if it's going to quite work out, but he believes it. He's a slime ball. He is. Uh, we got the ROH pay per view announcements, which is Daniel Garcia versus Wheeler Utah for the pure title. It's going to be awesome. Very fun. Another blood and guts feud that's continuing. Mm -hmm. And the FTR versus Briscoe's announcement. And the main event was John Moxley versus Brody King. Really solid main event. Like yeah. I never believed Brody was going to win. I never bought a single near fall. But as just a main event, Moxley world title match, I couldn't ask for anything more. No, I thought this was perfect for what it needed to mm. be. Like you felt like Moxley was in danger because he's the smaller man and he's being beaten on by Brody King, who's awesome and does very well at the style of throwing men around. But at the same time, you know that you just want this to be a good match. Mm. You know who's going to win, and you just want it to be good. And it was very good. It really was the perfect main event for the week after Blood and Guts. So, my feedback, I guess, mm. on this main event. Loved the match, everything bell to bell. Uh, but afterwards, I was like, now what? You know, this... AEW sometimes closes on their opener, I feel. Mm. Uh, I feel I, I get you want to start hot, but if I was booking the show, I would put the title win in the main event. Mm -hmm. I get that you also want to put your AEW interim title, that there's a possibility that that could change hands, but really, predictability-wise, there's not. So, okay, maybe just do something with an allusion to where Moxley could go next, because... He feels directionless, mm -hmm. I would say. Uh, I know it's only been one week after Blood and Guts, but you want to get your main champion's stories sorted right away. Mm -hmm. Where's my House of Black combat club feud? Why can't Malachi Black come out? Instant credible challenger against Moxley. Mm -hmm. Instant faction warfare. Um, yeah. I think it's just because for some reason we're not done with this JAS stuff. And I I really enjoyed the Blood and Guts match last week. Mm. I do not like that both times Blood and Guts is used as the middle part of this rivalry. I don't understand how we got to the point where it's like, oh yeah, the War Games is just chapter two of three. That mm. should be the blow off. And it hasn't been either time. And I'm really baffled by that. And I don't know that this is just being extended beyond that for the sake of keeping this Jericho Kingston thing going? Because, like, I'm excited to see Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. I think that should be fantastic. But you can kind of have a separate storyline there. It's a different company. Yeah, it's totally separate. Yeah. And I don't really care to see Claudio and Jake Hager. It's, it's, it'll be fine. Claudio will win. But I don't really <laughs> care. I would really care about BCC and the House of Black. Mm. That would be new and fresh and exciting and... 
We didn't get that. And I don't know if you saw what happened after the show went off the air, because I kept watching. It was on Fight. Yeah, they didn't cut the feed. Yeah, it was really strange. <laughs> there was like four minutes left in the show, and yeah. then like they aired the, the graphic, the end of show graphic, and I was like, oh, okay. I thought there was going to be like an angle. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, I thought there was going to be an angle or something. And then Brody King walks up the ramp and he's greeted by Darby Allen, who like tries to shake his hand and say, hey, you earned that. You almost beat him. You choked me out last week. You earned that. Goes to shake his hand and Brody King and Malachi Black just walk off. Hmm. So maybe we go in the direction of Brody King and Darby Allen. And maybe I don't like there wasn't an actual angle here hmm. to go off the air. It was just very surface level stuff. But at least it's kind of something. It's like a next chapter for somebody. Overall. I thought this was, you know, a very good, solid episode of AEW. Faction breakup, Christian mm -hmm. line, TNT title winner, the standouts. But I do feel like there's no major storyline hooking me in week mm -hmm. to week. I just, the great matches, great characters, but lacking on the storylines currently. Uh, so I gave it 83%, but that's with an asterisk because I enjoyed this show a lot more than the last couple of months, which I might have rated higher purely for the focus on AEW. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Just having it be a more focused show was kind of nice. Mm. It was kind of nice. I would probably give it like a 4 out of 5, which would be 80%. So I think we're pretty much on the same page. Well, before we get into your remaining Omega chats, let's say a big thank you to our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon. He can last Sean for longer than you in the ring. Woo! Yeah! Starbucks, Stephen Costa. Yeah! Oh, hi, that Danish mark. Yeah! Also, there's like a Hall of Fame there music is. thing. Uh, I don't know which button it is. It's probably got Hall of Fame on here somewhere. Um... And if you don't get your music this time, What's it's this because one? I'm an ass oh, man. Oh no, that, uh, that, did that I pressed the wrong that, button. That wasn't it. Hang on, I've got. I'm it. an ass man. Ah, that, that's really strange. That, that wasn't the right one. Anyway, no music for this one. Sorry if you really like the Hall of Fame music. Shield Maiden, the Zornies. Yeah. Liw's American Muscle, Tyler Gamola. Yeah. Will, the MS Warrior, Stuart. Yeah. Insert here to AEW Confirmed. Yeah. He ran. Aaron Hanrahan. Yeah. He ran. Smitten, Aaron Smith. Yeah. Adam Bowser, Bowers. Yeah. The Baker, Adam Cakebread. Yeah. And the Machine Gun, Alex Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> Well done, everybody. This will be the final call for Ultra Chats. Omega Chats, pardon me, this is that show. Make sure you get any of those in to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. All that are five US dollars and above will be read out before the end of the show, which will be very soon. So final call. Take it away. Thank you. William Banter. My idea for Wardlow's reign would be all monster matches turn it into the big lad belt. 
Yeah, I guess because the... The Monster Match. The All-American, sorry, the All-Atlantic is the small guys. Yeah. yeah. I like Apart that. From that. That's fine. They, he was a monster fighting monsters for a while, and it was fun. Have him face Archer, Luchasaurus, Brody King, Miro, Hager. Butcher. At the end of his reign, yes, he loses it to someone who isn't physically superior, but seizes the moment. It's more of a... Like, maybe if he turns heel halfway through. Mm. Yeah, I like that for the heel part. Yeah. Chozo 55. I don't believe Sky should have dropped the title. Now Sammy and Kazarian can go for the titles again. Have him make the title worthwhile. He could have worked Sky not relying on American top team for his wins before losing to Wardlow. One of the bad booking decisions, in my opinion. I cannot disagree more. Genuine, like, this, this title was so tainted by everything that's happened to it this year. And... I've been saying that as for as good a run as Scorpio Sky could have with this belt, I don't want to see it anymore. Yeah. Like, you need to just move on to something else and say, sorry, it failed. Maybe you try again in a year or two, but it, then now is not the time for Scorpio's run. I think what Chozo might also be saying is building Sky's reign up before passing it to Wardlow. But I, if, if Sky's injured, I think they needed to take the belt off him. Yeah, and also... Just rip the band-aid off. I don't mm. need a build-up for it. Just it, This is better to me, personally. Ten Ruzza. Guys, check out the new Japan presser. It was funny and interesting. What about Sean Spears for Wardlow? That makes that, that's sense. That's not a bad yeah. challenger, honestly. Can't wait for Caster's rap next week on the Gun Club. Fight TV got me thinking they were going to show Rampage for us on AEW+. <laughs> got half of Eddie Takeshita. What? Uh, yeah. Is that a match? Yeah, Eddie versus Takeshita is on uh, Rampage. What? Yeah. I don't know how we didn't mention that. Bru oh I, I saw that oh and I god. showed, I turned my computer around to Andy and I was like, look at this match. <laughs> look what's happening. Oh my god. Uh, Michael Dominguez. Not a fan of JM? Uh, John Morrison? John Moxley, maybe? John Moxley being champion. Yeah. Is he to feud with Daniel Bryan? Next, making MJF promo real? Rather see a young guy make a name. Nobody gets bigger than... BK. Oh, did, did Michael Dominguez do this last week? Everything is a shortened letter. So I, Oh, God. Every, nobody gets bigger than Brody King? So now where does John Moxley go? And nobody seems credible. Also, JAS versus Blackpool Combat Club equals New Day Usos. Guess John Moxley is Roman with no direction. I don't think I agree with a single line of that ultra no, chat. No, I don't um, know where any of that's coming from. I don't see the connection with, with the Jericho Appreciation Society and Blackpool Combat Club and New Day Usos other than they're just running it back, I guess. Yeah. But like they're not the same at all. Uh, Riot DR. Hey, yo. Show was great. Stokely, Ricky Starks, and Anthony Bones were my personal MVPs. I do notice the weird habit of triple threat tag title matches, mm. but if we end up with FTR versus Bucks, two out of three, I'm down. Love you guys. Tempest, you look great. No, you look jam great. Jam that jam. Uh, Nathan Portwoman. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Have any plans this weekend? I'm watching Thor in 4DXXX. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Love you guys. Y'all the absolute best. Cheers from Tennessee. 4DXXX. That's something else. Oh. Do you know what it is? 4DXXX. I don't know that I want to know. Sounds like, you know, something else happens. Uh huh. With that. That's in a different chair. Uh, the I'm seeing it tonight. We're in, gonna, uh, a in bunch good old fashioned the, uh, normal screen. A uh, bunch of people from the office are gonna, we're going to play board games and stuff this weekend. I'm really excited about it. I don't know when I'm going to see Thor. Apparently, Andy wants to see Top Gun with me. So. Oh, second best movie of the year. 
honestly what, fantastic. What's the first best? Everything, everywhere, all Correct best. answer. Uh, Sunday. We seen each other Sunday. I, think, I guess so. Ah, yeah. cool. uh, Tem Rizza. Tempest, I'm guessing the third guy in that Rouge Andrade pick might have been a Naito. Mm -hmm. ah. I've seen this theory. He has worn that colored jacket in the past. All three can complain they weren't on Forbidden Door. It, oh, that yeah. means it's not happening because New Japan won't let Naito work with them. Because they're Mexican. And that's, yeah, because they're Mexican. Yeah, that, honestly, that's, yeah. that's it's not AAA because FTR are the AAA tag team. Champions. Well, they're not contracted to AAA though. I think there's a big part of that being Andrade okay. isn't contracted to AAA, is he? I think he is. I think because he wrestled a match for AAA before he wrestled for AEW. Yeah, but not still. No, but it's I there's. I think there's a, a difference there. That's, I think there's a clear line. They're just and it's racist. Mexicans. <laughs> it's just racism. I've seen the Naito theory. He has worn a jacket that color, mm -hmm. so it lends that credibility. But or Ric Flair or yeah, all three can complain. Yeah, uh, love the new Ring of Honor graphics. Look so excited for the pay per view. Look up WSW in Australia. I'm seeing it. Probably a. A local fed. Cool. Uh, William Gossett. This has nothing to do with AEW, but I was watching the last big fat Quizzlemania of the year and just wanted to confirm that Sullivan is officially listed as an <laughs> alumni on the Bristol Old Vic Wikipedia page. Wonderful. Hope all's well with you guys. Hashtag jam that jam. That is such good news. And finally for now, Blakey. I'm so excited for Face Acclaimed. They are my favorite tag team in AEW. They are both super talented. Give me the Acclaimed versus the Bucks. The Acclaimed versus FTR. The Acclaimed versus House of Black. The Acclaimed versus anyone and everyone. I love them. Those all sound very fun. Yeah. What do we talk about now? You've already blown your Star Trek The Next Generation wad. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, we could continue talking about Star Trek Next Generation. Naturally. You know, I was shown that episode, Measure of a Man, in like philosophy class. Because it's school. a great, it's great, dramatic exploration of those ideas. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, again, this was, you know, I was probably 17 at the time and. I like nerdy things like Star Trek for sure, but not everybody in this high school that I attended would probably like Star Trek, but everyone was just gripped by this episode. That's great. It's fantastic. Um, I watched something else. I finished something else yesterday. It's a four-episode documentary series called UFO. Mm. I'm a big UFO guy in that I like watching this stuff. I personally don't believe they exist. Right. But I, I really get off on the sort of speculation. Mm -hmm. Look at this thing. It's yeah. a spaceship. Well, maybe. Is it really? It's yeah. Either a weather balloon or a top secret government project. Or a UFO. Where do you stand on the UFOs? Uh... <clears throat> it's the big stuff. We've, we've done politics and now we're do we'll do religion afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think that aliens have just, like, flown by and we've caught glimpses of them and they're flying saucers or anything like that. I think the most likely scenario is probably that one, but that doesn't make for interesting conversation, now does it? You know, I'm sure that at some point one of the UFOs was, like, 
the hell is that? And then they had to like figure out what exactly it was. And it was an unidentified flying object, but not like, oh, creature Marvin the Martian's going <laughs> to pop out. Creatures from space are inside. I don't think so. But uh, yeah, I think it's a fascinating topic. All the, all the same. I can't recommend it enough. Mm. It's produced by J.J. Abrams. Oh. It only came out last year. Yeah, that was the thing that made me watch it. I was yeah. like, okay, this isn't just the History Channel right. doing a, a thing. It's like a full-on, and they've got senators and like psychiatrists mm. and, and former marine guys who have seen stuff. And they do mm. it in a very delicate way. Like They've got skeptics on yeah. both sides. Um, but yeah. Like every time that they start going down that route, there's this place called Skinwalker Ranch. You ever heard of this? Don't think so. <gasps> it's kind or Skinwalker of Skinwalker Ranch. I don't know a, if I want to know, so I can well, avoid it. It's called Skinwalker because it's based on an old Indian uh, sort of myth that there was a shape-shifting witch. So mm. Skinwalker would have been the name for right. it. Right. But people are like, "Hey, maybe that was an alien." Maybe. And there's been all this stuff since, and the a company affiliated with a secret government program bought Skinwalker Ranch to start. Oh, <laughs> I love it. It's such nonsense, it's but I love it. It's a deep rabbit hole to go down, isn't it? You know what? Maybe it's a bit like wrestling. And mm. then I know it's it's predetermined, but I enjoy the Ballyhoo. Mm -hmm. It's all about the Ballyhoo. Mm -hmm. The Ballyhoo is what makes wrestling. It's what makes UFOs. It's... It's the pomp and, and circumstance of it all. I I really think that, like, you know, the the people that get really heavy into it, it's like, no, guys, this is for real. Like like the Blink-182 guy. Yeah. T Tom DeLonge? Is that his name? <laughs> I think it's something like that, yeah. I think you can kind of lose yourself in these sort of things if you're a more gullible mm -hmm. individual. But if you're just in it for the lols, like, yeah, it, it's, it's really it's really fun stuff. You know, also, I want to say very quickly, because it just reminded me of something that episode of Star Trek. <laughs> right. I bring it up. Third time aliens. Now. Yeah. That episode of Star Trek has like my least favorite uh, actor role where it's like a bit actor who has like a large role in an episode mm. of a show. And I'll be like, he will be locked into my brain forever now, but also linked to another thing where he was a small role. And I could not figure out, in this episode in particular, like the the prosecutor yeah. against Data. He is the guy that stamps Morgan Freeman's thing at the end of Shawshank Redemption. Oh, so that's what you see when you see this guy. Right. And it took <laughs> Spoilers, me a bit. I know. Uh, yeah, he goes free. Sorry. Spoilers mm -hmm. for Shawshank Redemption. But it was like, where have I seen this guy before? <laughs> and it's not one of those deals where you can just search up his name from Star Trek. Like, it would probably take, like, three Google searches. Like you got to go That's down three. Many. Yeah, like, you got to figure out what episode it is, <laughs> what the title was, and then you got to go to the IMDb cast of that specific episode and then find him and then find out, well, what very small role would I have seen him in? And that was one of them. Mm -hmm. Well... Does anybody else have stuff like that? What what would you call that kind of predicament? I, ooh, I do not. I, I, it's uh, it is uh, uh, it's not. They're not quite extras, are they? They're yeah. like one step above act of extras, but it's like a, it's like bit part syndrome. Well, the Swift, the Swath Nation can help us out. Both yeah. sending your ones and what we can call this segment 
uh, to support at WrestleTalk.com. But thank you very much for joining us. Of course, share this podcast around. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. I've been Ollie Davis. That's been Tempest JTJ. Jam that jam. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.